Hello, gardeners, farmers, compost enthusiasts, and growers. Welcome to The Healthy Garden, the show where soil is important and growing a healthier world is job one. Hi, friends. Hope you're enjoying your last few days of summer in the Northern Hemisphere and winter in the Southern Hemisphere. The seasonal change is upon us once again. This Saturday the 23rd is our demarcation line for the seasonal shift. I can already tell that the SoCal mornings have gotten really cool. It was in the 40s this morning. And the same in Oregon 10 days or so back before we dropped down to do the 10th annual Heirloom Seed Expo. This year the exposition that's run and created by Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds was held in Ventura, California, down in Southern California for the first time. It's always been a NorCal event up in Santa Rosa, California. But apparently, <laughs> some overzealous county food inspector forced a shift, and Southern California and all the people down here are the benefactor. For those of you that don't know, the Heirloom Seed Expo is a three-day happening of seed sales, seed and veggie swapping, lectures, music, and vendors in the natural, holistic, and organic world of clothing, gardening, and knickknacks. They even have mariachis. We have been on hand for most of the heirlooms, but we took a little break post-COVID and decided to come back as they moved the event down south. We posted up in the booth of one of our sponsors, to show and teach people about the benefits of using actual farm-made, real organic, and non-GMO compost instead of the other stuff they dump in a bag and call compost. We are also really lucky to share the story of the compost and topsoil reclamation project that we have been a part of. That project has taken the manure, an aged manure, buried in the soil of century-old dairies that was being tossed away for a giant construction project. It has been repurposed as finished compost, amazing topsoil, and fantastic potting soil. This has been a most gratifying project to have been on from the get-go. We are super blessed and super grateful to get to be at the tip of the spearhead of so many amazing projects and opportunities to expand the realm, the realm of real organic. There are also a lot of opportunities for the Healthy Garden Podcast to get to share the show with folks out there who haven't heard us yet, as well as for me to get to sign copies of 100 Years of Deception, Why Gardening Must Change. We had some truly and amazing enlightening chats about why gardening needs to change and how that tied into the habits and practices that so many people that we met use. It was great to see and feel the energy and enthusiasm of gardeners, homesteaders, urban farmers, even landscapers from all over the West Coast come in search of seed and information. The Heirloom Seed Expo is a fabulous source for some really rare and excellent varieties of heirloom seeds. This is important because the landscape of the seed world is quickly vanishing into 
a small variety of seed that is sold at all of the usual suspects of nurseries, hardware stores, and feed and farm supplies. The diversity in the seed world is disappearing, so events like this are critical for us to fight back against Big Ag and Big Chem, who want our seed selection to basically dwindle down to nothing other than from fake organic companies and seed concerns that they control from behind the curtain. Overall, this was a wonderful experience and an opportunity for the gardening and urban farming world in America. We saw visitors from Washington, Arizona, Colorado, Nevada, Oregon, and points east of the Rockies. It's pretty cool. Norm and I loved being in the middle of this seed happening because it once again highlighted for us why we do this show. You'd think that at an event like this, we would just be preaching to the choir. Well, in some cases we were, but more often than not, we were a little surprised at the feedback we were getting on how people were growing, and more importantly, what they were putting their seeds in and what they were using in their gardens. More on that and the Heirloom Seed Expo revisited next. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. It's almost fall, and for us, fall is for composting. And there is nothing better to use in your garden than Booze Blend Compost from Malibu Compost. This is the real deal. Farm-made, real organic, and non-GMO, plus made with the biodynamic preparations 502 through 507. A light top dress of the boo will grow your soil and feed the microbes, the most important thing in your garden. To find some Booze Blend, go on the store locator at malibucompost.com today. to episode 63 of the Healthy Garden Podcast. We've been talking about the Heirloom Seed Expo, which just wrapped up last week in beautiful Ventura, California. I was taking us through the highlights and the overall picture in the opening, but I must tell you, all is not well in the world of gardening, urban farming, homesteading, and landscaping. Even the alleged organic practices of all of those What blew my mind and continues to every time I get asked to speak or man a booth at an event like this is the lack of knowledge and consciousness when it comes to things organic, real organic. I mean, for Pete's sake, we were at an heirloom seed sale and exhibition. People were buying heirloom seeds to plant in their gardens and on their farms and homesteads to grow food. I asked the people that would come up to the booth what type of soil they used, if they made compost at home, or if they were buying compost, 
And if so, what kind did they buy? I also asked most of the people if they used compost tea. I asked the types of questions that one would expect a real organic farmer, gardener, composter, and landscaper to ask. The answers that I got were all over the place. I did get some who made good compost at home and supplemented with a good, real, organic, store-bought compost like Malibu compost or number two organics. But most of the answers I got ranged from, I'm not sure, to whatever's the cheapest at the nursery or the depot. Two, I get horse manure from the stalls down the street. Wow, to me, those are unconscious answers. I expected more from these alleged heirloomers. Why would you buy heirloom seeds in an heirloom seed expo and plant them in whatever? How could you not know in 2023 that horses eat GMO alfalfa, which is a Roundup Ready crop? Why would anyone at this show buy anything to plant in or grow their food in from the depot? Why? Because gardeners, farmers, homesteaders, and landscapers, even organic, don't know what they don't know. And obviously, from the responses that I got, the people I surveyed, a lot of them didn't know. That's why Norm and I are here. That's why we do this podcast. Because in a world of information, most of it is misinformation or bad information. Gardeners, farmers, homesteaders, and landscapers, hear me. You're relying on experts who are, for the most part, relying on information that is from university studies and curriculum that has been paid for by the chemical and conventional agricultural industry and is skewed to teach you what they want you to know. I even had a school gardening teacher tell me that their favorite way to fertilize was with bone meal and blood meal. Organic, of course. Organic? She obviously doesn't listen to this show because she had no idea what those animals are eating. So I gave her a copy of my book so she can find out what they are eating, which is GMO crops. That's what they're eating. And those crops are sprayed with glyphosate and other herbicides, which has a huge half-life and doesn't break down in the composting process. I'm sharing this with you not to belittle anyone or to make fun of anyone. The people I spoke with legitimately didn't know or had been sold a bill of goods from other gardening books, blogs, magazines, websites, you name it. Most gardeners do think that bone meal and blood meal are fine to use in the garden. Most gardeners think that horse manure is absolutely one of the best animal manures that one can use. It's not true. Please don't shoot me. I am just the messenger, gang. I want to share a story that touched me really deeply at the expo. I had a very nice lady step up to the booth on the second day of the show. 
She was looking at the literature on the table and put her hand on the seed, inside the seed starter and then over at the compost and did what most people do. Looked it over, rubbed it in around in her hands, and then brought it to her nose and gave it a good smell before dropping it back into the bag. Nice stuff, she said to me. I asked her if she'd ever used it before. She told me that she gets horse manure compost from a local stable that allows people to come get buckets and trash bags full. She then proudly told me that she had just put down about a trunk load of garbage bags full of this black gold. And that's in quotes. I was stuck in a dilemma, whether to ask her about the black gold or to let it go. But I never let it go. You guys know that. I can't help myself. So I asked, do you know what those horses are eating? She had been looking at a copy of my book and then looked up at me. I'm not sure. I guess alfalfa? I nodded my head. That's right. They most likely are eating alfalfa. I pushed her a little bit. Do you know if they feed organic alfalfa? She set the book down on the table and said with a little concern, I don't think so. Probably not. Why do you ask? I paused for a minute because I wanted to say what I was about to say with kindness and concern without freaking her out. I asked her if she knew that alfalfa is a Roundup Ready crop. She thought about my question and then said, I know they spray it with pesticides, right? The proud look that she just had on her face moments earlier was gone. Like so many gardeners and homesteaders that I spoke to at the expo and in classes and shows all over the country, they act like they know this secret, that they know everything they need to know about gardening or growing. The look, that air of superiority, that I don't need your compost, or your real organic gardening jargon, that look had just slipped away and now she was on the precipice of a very dangerous slope. I looked her in the eye because she was ready to be told this. Most likely the alfalfa that the horses are eating at the stables near you are eating hay that's sprayed with glyphosate. They spray it for the weeds and then very often at the cutting to stiffen the shaft so that it stands tall and straight. A look of horror came over her face. My entire food garden is growing in it, she blurted out. I said to her, I'm sorry, the glyphosate doesn't cook out during composting. It's in your food garden and will get into the green leafy tissue of your plants. She stepped back from the table at the booth. She was in shock. She muttered to me, I have to go now. I watched her as she slipped down our aisle and disappeared into the crowded hall. There was a part of me that felt terrible, but there was another part of me that was relieved that I told her the truth. That is a terrible position to be in. It really makes me want to cry. To know that someone is growing in poison. She looked like someone who might be growing food for her family. I couldn't not tell her the truth. 
I told Norma, who said to me, good for you, love. Someone has to tell her. Yeah, that's true, but why does it always have to be me? So the day pressed on and a hundred people came by the booth and we shared different pieces of gardening information and stories and all of our favorite stuff and the day just kind of moved forward. But I couldn't get the look off that woman's face out of my mind. She had that Colonel Kurtz, the horror, written all over her eyes. It was sad. Then something miraculous happened. Four hours later, she showed back up at the booth. She said, thank you for telling me what you told me. I know that it was hard. It was a hard thing to do. What a relief. I was so grateful that she'd returned. She continued, you're right. I know you're right. I'm going to have to do something about this. I can't just ignore the truth. Norma and I spent a while with her going over some things that she could do, like use bacterial enzymes to break down the toxins and then run compost tea flushes to help remediate her soil. She was so grateful in the end. This is why we do what we do. We're not the only ones who know, but for those of us that do, we have to speak up. We have to tell the truth. People's lives, well-being, Health is at stake. We cannot turn a blind eye to the fact that people and their gardens are being poisoned by bad compost and bad information. That was why we were at the Heirloom Expo. Not to sell stuff, but to share stuff. And that stuff was information. Things that changed our lives and the ways that we grow and the things that we know in our hearts, they must be shared. More on our experience at this year's Heirloom Seed Expo, next. experience at my first heirloom seed expo. It was the opportunity of a lifetime to help gardeners get on the right track to health. The best way you could get on the right track to health is to get Randy's new book, A Hundred Years of Deception, Why Gardening Must Change, on Amazon today, in paperback or digital Kindle copy. Up on Space Mountain where it snows shooting stars I can see me ten galaxies light years apart There's a hole inside the sun I put it there with my thumb I've got... That experience at the expo solidified for us that gardeners don't know what they don't know. It doesn't make them bad gardeners or bad people. They're just uninformed. It made me want to do what I do even more. And then it made me do what I always do, which was research the experts and see what they're saying about 
using horse manure in the garden. So I did a quick search, which is what I'm sure most of you guys do out there, and here's what I came up with. Horses produce about 50 pounds of manure a day. One horse creates nine tons of manure per year. Stall and pasture cleaning is essential to horse health. If manure is not cleaned up regularly, it makes the perfect environment for producing ammonia fumes and stables and a place for mold, bacteria, and parasites to thrive. Pretty good reason to be cleaning up your stalls. So, so far, not bad. From another source, there's a lot of different names for horse manure. Horse buns, horse chips, horse hooey, horse pucky, and their favorite, road apples. <laughs> In terms of the benefits, they claim if you're looking for a true organic solution, horse manure is about as organic as you get, to a point. Hmm, okay, that interests me. When horses eat grass, they are eating anything which is on the grass. That includes herbicides and the like. Aha! But most riding horses are more spoiled and have good quality grains and hay. This ensures their manure is less likely to carry any residues. Beyond being organic, it's also easy on plants, unlike chicken manure or others. Fresh horse manure is unlikely to burn or damage plants. It's high in nitrogen, but much of that nitrogen is tied up in undigested plant material, while it provides an immediate nitrogen boost, which more likely will be slowly released. All right, so let's just stop there. They start down a path where they literally talk about herbicides. So what happened? All of a sudden, without any reason, they go down to this like little common denominator that everybody thinks, oh, it's okay. Why would you think that because horses that are a nice stable, their grain doesn't have herbicide in it? The corn isn't GMO corn or their hay isn't Roundup ready for no reason. But if somebody who's a gardener, like any of you guys read this, you might think, oh, okay, well, the stable down the street is a nice stable, so it's probably safe. If I read this and I didn't know better, I might think the same thing. But I've been involved in horses and farming for my whole life, so I do know the difference. And they go on to give us benefits, like it's better than chicken manure. It's got a, you know, their pH, which is 07, 03, 06. It's a great soil builder and it doesn't stink. They close the article with this, which is always a telltale for me, everyone. Best of all, it tends to be cheap. If you can find someone who raises horses, they'll usually let you haul some of their pile away because they've got an ample supply. Cheap is always, just remember that, it's always a telltale. They give us a couple of the drawbacks in that article too, as if herbicide eating wasn't really enough. They wouldn't, you know, if I, that was me writing that article, I would have focused it on that. They say raw fresh manure tends to be very high in nitrogen, uh, it's also uh, accompanied by a good dousing of urine, which has a lot of urea in it. Okay, so that's good. I'm glad they point that out. And that can be too much. Some plants, such as roses, will adore this fresh manure, 
while others may find it a bit too much. It tends to be alkaline, and that is true, which means that acid-loving plants like blueberries and some of the other berries and hydrangeas, some of the flowering plants don't like horse manure. I'm telling you that. It's not in the article, but I'm telling you guys that. So just know. And if you're going to use it, make sure it's organic and then be careful. And they finally say this to close their article. And finally, if the horse has been grazing in the field, they've likely eaten weeds. True. Horses are notoriously poor at digesting their food. You can often recognize what they've eaten by looking at their manure. This means that weed seeds are likely to appear. Horse manure should be hot composted to kill off any weed seeds inside of it. While hot composting isn't difficult once you know how to do it, learning how to keep your pile hot takes practice. Okay. These guys are giving you some good information. Herbicides, weed seeds, you know, uh, alkalinity, you know, um, giving you some good info. But I'm sorry, I have to tell you guys. It is difficult to keep piles of manure up over 131 degrees, which is where it needs to go between 131 and 160, really 150, to do your pathogen reduction which is what they're worried about here, and to kill your weed seeds. So most home compost that I've ever seen and that, and that we've ever made when you're doing home compost, if you're not really trying to make a hot compost, it never gets over 120, ever. So you're not doing pathogen reduction. You have to let it break down over time and let it do its thing. And you're still probably going to have some weed seeds. So... I really like that these people gave a lot of good information. I don't know why they stopped. At every time they found something really important that, that they should share with you. I kind of do know why. Because, well, I'll tell you in a second. From our last source, no good gardener ever turns down the offer of a load of well-composted horse manure. Some may even go weak at the knees at the very mention of muck. Why? Because horse manure is a fantastic natural fertilizer, soil conditioner, and promoter of earthworms. All true, if it's organic. For leafy plants, always hungry for nitrogen, there's nothing better. I don't agree. Nitrogen is quickly leached from the soil during the winter months, so an annual application of manure provides the perfect organic top-up. Again, these new guys don't say one thing about where it comes from or that you should be looking for that. They finish their piece here about in the opening that says both can be supplemented using blood, fish, and bone meal, which can be liberally applied at least twice a year. So... They're not telling you, these are experts. This is a bit, I took this from a, I'm not telling you who, but from a big gardening expert. They use horse manure. They don't tell you whether it's organic or not. They use bone meal and blood meal. And don't tell you where that's sourced, okay? Which you know if you've listened to this show, I never use it, ever. And then they talk about the big challenge of horse manure is getting it. Yeah, most people can get horse manure if they want it, okay? So I give you examples from these gardening blogs. Okay, these are bloggers 
who get paid by garden product companies who buy their inputs and their ingredients and their chemical inputs from big chemical companies. So they don't go past the, oh, there's an herbicide maybe. Oh, there's this. They don't want you to know because if you did know, it leads back to their boss, basically. So for me, it's crazy making and I think it's wrong. So don't use horse manure unless the animals ate organic alfalfa, okay? Then compost it and may, or make sure it's composted. And then you can always run a lab. If you really want to know yourself, run a lab, okay? Now, back to the expo. It was a great show. I mean, where else can I look out the halls? Where else, I mean, where else can I look out the doors of an event and see mariachis? Yes, they actually had my favorite, mariachis. A local band was playing, they were excellent. I must say, also say that the, the seed swap and the veggie swap were just off the charts. And seeing an hour and a half long Disneyland-esque line of people wanting to buy seed from Baker Creek was very gratifying to me. But the truth is, in so many ways, that it's time to understand that the gardening, farming, homesteading, and landscaping worlds are confused. That not knowing the truth or just following some knucklehead on social media or on the web is really no excuse in 2023. Nor is cheapness a virtue when it comes to one's health and well-being. As a person who has an issue, a health issue, and who had to entirely build my body and my psyche back, I can tell you, your food, your diet, your consciousness is everything. Health is wealth. You can't cheap out on health in my book. You can buy a less expensive car, stop going to Starbucks, which by the way is probably not a bad idea anyway, because they serve conventional ag stuff in their food products and drinks. You can skip the vacation to swim with the dolphins but you can't put a number or a cost on your life. My takeaway from these three days at the heirloom is that we are far from healthy living or letting a healthy conscience be our guide. I hope that the people came to the booth and the ones who heard me speak got the message loud and clear that if you grow in toxic soil with toxic amendments and fertilizers, that are even labeled organic, then you are going to grow toxic food. That gets in your gut, into your bloodstream, your brain, and keeps you sick. And that is exactly what Big Chem and Big Ag are hoping for, for their cousins, Big Med and Big Pharma. Please take care of yourselves. Please pick up my book, 100 Years of Deception, why gardening must change on Amazon and take a look at what shouldn't be in your garden. Adios, mis amigos y mis amigas. Happy and healthy gardening, everyone. That concludes this episode of the Healthy Garden Podcast. Please post your questions on the Healthy Garden Podcast pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Join us next week to learn more about how you can free yourself from the chemical and synthetic trap that's been set to keep you from growing a true, organic, and healthy garden. Until then, happy and healthy gardening. Thank you.